Healthy Hacker, Episode 10. And welcome to The Healthy Hacker, where we talk about programming puzzles, memory fitness diet, and everything else that you, a healthy hacker, find interesting. I'm Chris Hunt, and today I'm going to talk about meeting a total stranger on Twitter and booking a room with him in Costa Rica and Boulder, Colorado, and living, cooking, eating, working, and sleeping together for 10 days to build something with a language or technology that we've never used before and why you might want to try it too. I'm talking about a codecation. Before we get to that though, let's do the workout of the week. The workout of the week is a section where I take a workout that I've seen recently or heard of or done or just looks fun or something like that and I share it with you and hopefully sometime this week, you'll get a chance to try it. And I'm going to have to try it myself too. So this week's workout is what's called a push-up Tabata. So how this works is you're going to want to take a clock, probably a clock that you can easily look at or a clock that makes sounds or something, and set it for four minutes, 240 seconds, okay? And have it count down or count up. It doesn't matter. What you're going to do is for the first 20 seconds... Do as many push-ups as you can. And when that timer hits 20 seconds, take a rest for 10 seconds. And then when that 10-second rest is over, go back to doing push-ups and do push-ups again for the next 20 seconds. And then rest for 10 seconds, and then do push-ups for 20 seconds, and then rest for 10 seconds, and then do push-ups for 20 seconds, and keep going back and forth, doing push-ups for 20 seconds, and resting for 10 seconds until you've reached that four-minute mark. So you're basically just doing eight Tabatas. And a Tabata is like that that little nugget of activity, okay? You're doing 20 seconds of push-ups and 10 seconds of rest. That is a Tabata. So you're doing eight of those, which is gonna equal four total minutes. Now, the way you calculate your score for this workout, when you wanna tell everybody how awesome you did at it, is you take the minimum number of push-ups that you did in one of the Tabatas. So, you know, if I do this eight times, these eight rounds of Tabatas for four minutes, and I do 10 push-ups, then 11, then 10, then 12, then five, then four, the smallest amount that you did is going to be your score. So if you had a round where you only did four push-ups, your score is four. So pace yourselves, kind of spread it out in a way that you think you can maintain that good push-up form, and, you know, let's see how you do. If you want to post your score in the show notes, you can find them at healthyhacker.com slash 10. We're going to go back in time, almost exactly one year ago from today, September 24th, 2013, and it is about 8.20 in the evening, 8.23 p.m. I'm sitting on the couch. I just finished dinner. Uh, it's 8.30, so I'm probably watching a show with my wife, Louisa, and I pull out my phone and start reading Twitter like I do usually in the evenings, and I see at the top of my feed a tweet by Ben Orenstein, who will now be played by me, but in a higher voice. I'm having one of those nights where I'm appalled that I haven't read all of SICP. Well, I read that tweet and it sounds like, man, I got to read SICP. That sounds really important. So I Googled it because I have no idea what SICP is. And I learned that it's this book 
published by MIT Press. And SICP stands for Structure and Interpretation of Computer Programs. And after reading the Wikipedia page, I can see that this book talks about things like functional programming, a little bit of object-oriented programming. It uses primarily Scheme, which is a dialect of Lisp. These are all things that I don't really do on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I do object-oriented programming, but functional programming and Lisp and Scheme, this is all stuff that I never use, right? So this is all new to me, too. So I reply to Ben, I had to Google SICP. And Ben replies... Let's get a cabin in the woods and not come out until we've done every exercise. And I replied to Ben, I would totally do this with you. Sounds great, right? We should scheme (laughs) about how to pull it off. And that, my friends, began a chain of events that would eventually become the very first codecation. Now, Ben is a person, like I said, I follow on Twitter. But other than that, I know nothing about the guy. I've seen a few conference talks. I might have seen him at some conferences. I'm not really sure. I can't remember if we actually talked to each other before that day. But what I do know is at the time, all we were were internet friends. And we weren't even that great of internet friends. I followed him on Twitter. I'm pretty sure he did not follow me on Twitter. We exchanged a few words. That's about it. Based on the talks I've seen and the podcast that he hosts, which is the ThoughtBot podcast, I'll put a link to that in the show notes, I got the impression that I would like the guy and be okay reading a book with him, but I really didn't know what this whole cabin in the woods trip thing was going to be like. So the next day, Ben and I exchange email addresses and we take our conversation off Twitter and take it into email. And we start planning this trip that we were talking about. So we picked a day really far in the future that worked for both of us, five months away, February 2014. And we started trying to figure out where this cabin thing was going to happen. Where can we go that's nice in February, that has good weather, has stuff that we might want to do? Where are we going to go to read SICP? So a few more emails later, this cabin in the woods eventually turns into Villa in Costa Rica. And I think that primarily had to do with the weather. I mean, it's February, right? A lot of places in the United States are cold still. It's not really that fun to travel to. So yeah, we decided Costa Rica. Why not? I've never been there. Ben had never been there. Seemed like a nice place. So we both booked airline tickets for February 16, 2014, and decided that we would make the trip 10 days. It seemed like a reasonable amount of time. It was somewhat random, but also, you know, longer than a week. We can get to know Costa Rica a little bit, actually make some progress on this book. And then the email thread eventually died down a little bit. So I get online and I'm poking around Costa Rica on Airbnb trying to find a place for us to stay. And I am really happy with what I see. The cost of living there is so much lower than the United States. So there are tons of options. So I pick a place. It's got a giant patio with a bunch of furniture out there. And you are literally looking into the jungle. There's monkeys and birds and giant spiders and Wi-Fi. So I book the room, send the details to Ben, and then we don't say another word to each other for five months. So now fast forward, it's February 2014. This trip's coming up. It's been on my calendar forever. I totally forgot about it, but I see it coming. And Ben and I start sending emails back and forth again. We've both noticed that this SICP book that we plan to read on our trip is ginormous. There's no way, absolutely no way, that we'd be able to finish this entire book in 10 days. Even if we just skimmed it, we couldn't finish it in 10 days, let alone do the exercises. Every chapter has a set of exercises at the end that you can do. 
And since I'm totally new to Scheme, I'm totally new to functional programming, the amount of time it takes me to get through one chapter is huge. So we decide before we actually show up in Costa Rica, we should probably knock out at least the first three chapters so that we can make a little bit more headroom in those 10 days that we have. So I start getting to work, and I got to be honest, I did not even touch that book in February while getting ready to go on that trip. It is just, it is a horror. I mean, I understand why the book is important in the world of computer science, but holy smokes, is it boring. I mean, there are so many other things I'd rather be doing than literally reading a textbook. But you know, I gave it a shot. I read a few pages of it. I tried an exercise, but it was just way too dense. So I took the book. I put it in my bag, you know, getting ready to pack for this trip, feeling really guilty that I haven't prepared, thinking, you know, maybe I can, you know, read a little bit on the plane. It's like it's a 24-hour travel time for me to get to Costa Rica. You know, I've still got time. So I put the book in my bag. I pack everything up and get on the plane February 16, 2014, to head down to Costa Rica to meet with Ben, a guy I've never met before. So 24 hours later, remember, it's a long trip. I just got off the airplane. It's 9 p.m. I get out of the airport, and waiting for me is a guy to take me to the villa. They sent a driver. It's awesome. I wasn't even expecting this, but here he was, ready to go. He picked me up, drove me down to the Airbnb. It took about an hour, and this was my new home. Now, I don't have any connectivity. I haven't had connectivity for about a day because I don't have an international data plan on my phone. But once I get inside the Airbnb, I hop on the Wi-Fi and I see a message from Ben that says, dude, my airplane was delayed. I will be arriving tomorrow instead of today. So now, you know, that's okay. I got this extra day now to do whatever I want, to kind of relax. I was a little bit nervous. I hadn't met Ben yet. So, you know, it's nice to have a little time to get used to the space before he shows up. I start poking around in this villa that we're staying in, trying to get a feel for the place. And on the bed, there is a ginormous cockroach, like two, three inches. I don't even know. It was dark. Like it could have been half an inch, but in my mind, this is the biggest cockroach I've ever seen. So I bat that thing off the bed. I stop it with my shoe and I just go on this search for the next 15 minutes to see how many cockroaches are in this place. Now, luckily I didn't find any, but what I also did not find is a second bed. I booked an Airbnb with a dude I don't know who's arriving tomorrow and all I've got is one bed. There's no couch, there's no extra pillows, there's no air mattress, there's no nothing. I've got a hardwood floor, and I've got one bed. So I just call it quits, I brush my teeth, and go to bed. The next day I wake up, I get some breakfast at a cafe that's just a couple blocks away from the place I'm staying, get some coffee, and then I come back and I talk to the people at the front desk and I say, hey, you know, I didn't realize, I've got a friend coming, I didn't realize we only had one bed, is there any way, any place here that has like a second bed somewhere else we can stay? The answer was no. So I'm stuck with one bed. You know, I've had a night to think about it. It's totally fine. We can make this work. It's not that big of a deal. I don't care. Hopefully Ben doesn't care. Uh, But, you know, I spend the rest of the day just kind of exploring Costa Rica and getting used to the weather because it's extremely hot. So that evening, Ben's delayed flight finally lands around 830 at night, and he shows up at our Airbnb at 930. And this is the first time that I get to see Ben in real life. So he's got his pack on. He's like seven feet tall. I don't know how tall the guy is, but that was the first thing I noticed was like, damn, Ben, you're tall, man. So, you know, I showed him around this place. I tried to keep it clean, you know, 
pointed out the bathroom, pointed out the sink, and then I said, hey, you know, uh, thanks for doing this, Ben. This is going to be awesome. By the way, there's only one bed. And then we had kind of a awkward silence. And then we just shared the bed and dealt with it. So now, enough of the uh, magical uh, storytelling here. Let's talk a little bit about what we did in Costa Rica and how this eventually turned into something that we call a codecation. So the next morning, Ben and I wake up and we now have a time to kind of talk about what it is we actually want to do on this trip. Talk about this book, the things we want to work on. And I admit, you know, Ben, I actually haven't read that much of SICP. And Ben says he hasn't read much of SICP either. So we just scrapped that idea. We decided, you know what? There's so much stuff we can do. We don't have to do SICP. What else is awesome? I proposed the idea, well, you know, JavaScript, something JavaScript related would be nice. I feel guilty because I don't use a lot of JavaScript and everybody's talking about JavaScript. And Ben says, oh, you know what? There's this thing, uh, ClojureScript, which is Clojure compiled into JavaScript. So we can get the chance to play with this new language, Clojure, and use it in the browser. So we get to learn this new language and we get to also play with JavaScript. Seems like a win-win. So that's what we decided to do. Every day we woke up, we went to that cafe I mentioned earlier. We had breakfast and talked about what we wanted to work on today with ClojureScript. And then we went back to our room and started working. So the first thing we built was Conway's Game of Life, which you're probably all familiar with. It was a really good exercise. And we got to draw that on a canvas element in the browser, which is something else I'd never done before. And after we finished Game of Life, we started working on a random maze generator and solver, which is really fun to watch. And we also used Canvas for that, so had a lot of practice with Canvas. Again, both of these in ClojureScript. We got to test with ClojureScript. We learned how to compile that down to JavaScript. We learned how to compile it for production, which is different than development. And we learned how to set up our machines, the development environment, which turned out to be a ton of work. And by the end of the trip, we had these two awesome things, which ultimately are not that useful, but are really fun to watch. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot about functional programming. I learned a lot about Clojure. And I learned a lot about Ben. There is so much stuff you learn about a person when you spend 10 days eating, working, and sleeping with them. Now, we didn't just stand behind a laptop all day. Another part of this trip was just exploring Costa Rica. So we took two different day trips while we were there. One trip was going down to the beach. There are several beaches, and they're all a little bit different. And then another trip we took was horseback riding. We rode it out. It was about like a five or six hour trip. We rode horses out three hours and then back three hours. And at the end there, there was a waterfall with a little water pool that we can swim in. It was really cool. And something else we decided to do every day was some kind of exercise, whether that be a run or pull-ups or push-ups or doing some air squats. Workout we did several times was like a push-up shoulder press pyramid workout. If you want to know what that workout's like, I actually talked about it already. It's in Healthy Hacker episode one. So that would be healthyhacker.com slash one. And you can see the pyramid workout that we did. So the last day of the trip, day number 10, right before we, we head out, we created an organization on GitHub called Clojureka. And this was the place that we were going to store those two projects we made, the maze generator and the game of life. And we created a page that shows those things running in the browser so we can tell everybody when we came back, hey, look at these things we made on our trip to Costa Rica, Closure Rica. 
So we both get back home and now the trip is done. We talked a little bit more over email just to kind of, you know, summarize, reflect on what just happened because it went by so fast. It was amazing. And talk about kind of the things we learned. So the things we learned on this trip that we would eventually call a codecation uh, were one, check the weather of the location before you go there. Uh, Costa Rica was unexpectedly hot. I was extremely uncomfortable the entire time unless we were inside in the air conditioning. Two, cook your own meals. And this is good for a couple reasons. One, eating out at a restaurant for every single meal every day for 10 days is expensive. But it's also unhealthy, you know? I'm kind of a health nut. Ben's a pretty healthy guy. And it was just, you know, it would have been better to have a kitchen so we can cook our own food and eat when we wanted and eat a little healthier. Third thing that we learned from this trip was it wasn't ideal to plan using email. You know, there was a lot of lost threads, at least for me. It was hard to find stuff. So we needed a better place to do that. And then finally, the last thing, the fourth thing that we learned from our Costa Rica trip was make sure when you book a place, you book a place with two beds. So the trip to Costa Rica was actually way more fun than I was expecting. And Ben had a really good time too. So we decided, let's do this again. You know, we learned a lot. We learned a new programming language. We had a lot of fun. We just totally disconnected ourselves from the world that we live in every day and worked on something totally different. It was a total blast. So we decided to immediately schedule the next trip six months from now. So taking all the things we learned from our first trip and then adding a few more things, here is kind of the set of rules, and this will probably evolve, but this is kind of, you know, rules, guidelines, whatever. This is the set of things to consider when booking a codecation. Number one, pick a person that you want to spend seven to 10 days with. Now, ideally, this is a person that you don't hang out with every day. Part of the reason of this trip is just to get to know somebody new. It's also to play with a computer, but it's also to get to know somebody new. So maybe it's somebody you met at a conference. Maybe it's somebody you kind of know at work, but don't really talk to them that much. Or maybe it's just somebody totally random on Twitter that you happen to follow, which is the way that Ben and I hooked up for our very first codecation. Step number two. So now you've picked a person. Now you can start planning your codecation. And what we found works really well is to pick a date six months away at least, and start booking all the things you're going to need for your trip. There's a couple of reasons to make it so far in advance, but probably the number one reason is just to build up that anticipation. There's a lot of research that shows the more you anticipate something, the more you talk about how awesome it is, all the cool things you plan, the better it's going to be. It's just more exciting. You're looking forward to it. More than half the fun of doing something fun is anticipating that that fun thing is going to happen. Book it far in advance so you know you're going to be excited and then start planning the things you want to do. For our first trip, we used email for this, but for our second trip, which I'll talk about in a second, we used GitHub and this worked out a lot better. One, we have threads that we can always go back and look at and we can edit and we can add pictures to. It's much more readable, but two, it lets us easily reference code that we might want to work on or projects we might want to start or ideas we have. So now we're planning. The next thing you want to do is pick a location. Now, if you're doing this trip with a person you don't know very well, which was the case in the trip I took, make sure you pick a location that you're going to enjoy, even if you have to ditch your partner. Because worst case scenario, you show up, you think you're going to hit it off with this person, you think you're going to have a lot of fun, and you just hate each other. And you agree, you know what? 
this is great. I'm I'm glad we decided to do this trip, but I'm just going to spend it doing my own thing and you can spend it doing your own thing and then we'll never do this again. So make sure you pick a location where you can easily escape if you want to and have a good time. The next thing you want to think about when planning your location is to pick a place that has a kitchen. Book a room on Airbnb or hotel or whatever, but make sure it has a kitchen because what we learned from our first trip was that, you know, it's expensive to eat out all the time and you're just eating junk. So get a kitchen so you can cook nice meals. You can alternate cooking. I can make dinner one night, then you can make dinner one night, you know, cook breakfast in the morning, make snacks for lunch. It's just nice to have a kitchen so you can cook your own stuff. And finally, the last thing to think about when booking and doing your codecation is every day, make sure you work out, make sure you write some code and learn something new, make sure you completely pause all your other non-codecation activities. No doing work, no doing work email, no doing your podcast if you have a podcast. I had to pause my podcast and do two episodes in one week just so I didn't have to do anything while I was doing codecation. And when you're done, when you're done building your thing that you've built with your partner, ship it. And make sure you give it a URL. So when you come back home, you can share with everybody the amazing stuff that you worked on. And they'll be like, oh, man, I totally want to do a codecation. And then you can tell them all about the codecation and the cool stuff you worked on and have that URL to show them as proof of this awesome thing you did. And if you had a good time, then when you get back home, immediately start planning your next codecation. Six months out, seven months out, you can do it with the same person or maybe you want to get to know somebody else Uh, Ben and I work really well together, and we don't see each other at all for six months, so we're probably going to be doing this thing with each other for a while. So now you know how to do a codecation, right? You pick somebody you don't know, you book something out six months away, you live, cook, eat, work, sleep together, really get to know that person, learn a ton of stuff, and then come back home and show people what you made. It's like a hack week, you know? It's like you're just focusing on one thing for a solid week, eating good food, exercising, having a great time. So let me tell you now about our second codecation, the one I just got back from two days ago in Boulder, Colorado, and tell you how we've applied some of those rules to the second trip. And it ultimately turned out to be way more productive. I think we might have learned a lot more than we did on the other trip. And I think this one will be more memorable even than the first trip in Costa Rica. So codecation number two in Boulder, Colorado started almost the day that we got back from Costa Rica. We started planning again six months away for our next trip. So in March of 2014, earlier this year, we booked a trip to Boulder for September 19th, which was six months away. We took our own recommendation and did the planning on GitHub. We created an organization called Codecation and a repository called Trips. And we started just dumping in ideas of projects we wanted to work on, things we wanted to do in Boulder, trips we might want to take. We did research on the weather, Airbnbs we should stay at. We researched which bike rentals were the best, just in case we wanted to rent a bike while we were in town. And then throughout the six months leading up to the trip, we continued to add things to that repository as we thought of them. We didn't just totally forget about it for six months. We continued to trickle thoughts and ideas in and really form what it is we wanted to do. So a little over a week ago, we began this trip. Ben and I both showed up in Denver on the same day. 
We shared a cab back to Boulder in our Airbnb, which had two places to sleep. So we learned that from the first trip. And every day on this trip had way more structure than what we had when we were in Costa Rica. So one of the very first things we did when we arrived in Boulder is we rented bicycles and we rented them for the entire week. This would let us get around so we didn't have to pay for cabs. We can go places faster than walking, you know, coffee shops, the grocery store, that kind of stuff. And how a typical day looked is this. We woke up about 8 a.m., and I would cook breakfast. Bacon and eggs. Ben had five eggs. I had four eggs. Remember, Ben's like seven feet tall. Ben made some coffee while I was making breakfast. We used a fancy AeroPress that our Airbnb already had. Ben likes his coffee iced. I like my coffee hot and not iced. And then as we're eating breakfast, we had a mini stand-up. We said, okay, what do we want to work on today? What's, what's the most important thing or most fun or most exciting thing we can do today? And then when that was done... We usually went and did our workout. So in Boulder, we were actually really close to a CrossFit gym. So two of the days we were in Boulder, we went to CrossFit Sanitas and had a workout there. It was about an hour. It was a lot of fun. We biked down, did the workout, and then biked back home again. And the other three days, we we did a workout outside. So two workouts were at a park. We did like pull-ups and dips and push-ups. And then the third workout was kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. I went for a run. Ben went for a bike ride. Remember, every day we did some exercise. This is an important part of Codecation. And then once we got back from our workout and got cleaned up and took a shower, it's about lunchtime, maybe a little bit before, so we'd get a snack. And then we just started hacking on something for three or four hours. Then we go to a coffee shop. We went to Boxcar Coffee in Boulder. We hung out there for three to four hours. And then finally came back, went to the grocery store to buy our own food because we decided that would be a good idea, came back to the kitchen, cooked dinner. We alternated again. I cooked dinner one night, then Ben cooked dinner another night. We had spaghetti, we had tacos, we had meatloaf, which turned into meatloaf balls, which turned into meatloaf grounds because they fell apart. And Ben made some chicken. It was like spicy Thai chicken or something. Forget what he called it, but it was delicious. And finally, at the end of the day, we had kind of a mini retro, if you will, talk about, oh, this is the stuff we worked on today. This is the stuff that I really didn't like, or, you know, the workout sucked for these reasons, and just kind of talked about how we can make tomorrow better. And then a cool down in the evening where maybe we did a little bit of code or just called it a night and went to bed early. Usually we were in bed about 11, and we woke up again at 8 the next day to do it all over again. So on our first trip in Costa Rica, we decided to do closure script. Now, coming into this Boulder trip, we thought that we were going to try to maybe do some more closure script as well because we just touched the surface in Costa Rica. We both don't use it on a day-to-day basis. I mean, it's just a lot of fun. It's this totally new programming language that we don't get to use. There's a lot of stuff to learn there. But what eventually happened and what our trip eventually turned into was totally different and totally surprising. Ben has used a service for several years called Olife. And you can find this service at olife.com. It's an amazing idea. What they do is they send you an email every day that says, hey, how's your day going? And then you reply to that email with one sentence, two sentences, a few words. Maybe you skip today and you just say how your day went. And the next day you get that email again and you reply and say how today went. And again and again and again. And you do this every single day constantly saying how your day went. Now, a lot of you hearing this might think, oh, that's basically just journaling. 
And that's exactly what it is. Olife is a service that makes you a regular journaler, and the way that they do it is by sending you these daily emails. And they have a special trick. Inside each email is a random thing that you wrote in the past. So not only do you get to open this email right about today and you can make it super short, but you also get to see a random entry from one of the bajillion years you've been using the service. And it could be hilarious. It could be sad. It's it's ultimately very interesting. It's just a nice way to see patterns in your life and learn things about yourself that you didn't know if you weren't journaling. So like I said, Ben uses this service every day and he's been using it for years. We're sitting in a coffee shop. It's the third day of Codecation. We've built, up to this time, we've, we've been looking at ClojureScript. We've been looking at React. We've been building uh, a multiplayer, starting to build a multiplayer Tetris game. And it was looking pretty good. But Ben looks over at me at the cafe and he's like, dude, Olife is shutting down. This journaling service that I use every day that I'm addicted to is shutting down. And we look on Hacker News and there's a massive thread with tons of comments in it, and it's full of people saying, holy crap, Olife is shutting down. I love Olife. I am addicted to Olife. This is horrible. I've got years of entries on Olife. I'm not going to be able to journal anymore if this thing goes away. I'm not going to get emails every day. I'm not going to get these random bits from my past. Like, I lose all this cool stuff. So Ben looks at me, and he's like, Chris, what do you think about building an Olife clone? And I looked at Ben, and I said, let's do it, man. So we spent the rest of the trip, the last eight days, working on our own version of Olife. Now we decided to call it Trail Mix based on the snacks that we were eating at the time and you can find it at trailmix.life. I'm going to try to convince Ben to come on the podcast in the future to talk with us about Trail Mix. Uh, As CEO of the company, I think he probably has a lot to say and hopefully we can do that. So in the last eight days of our codecation, We built this thing to replace Olife, and I have been using it for almost a week now, and it is awesome. And not only for Ben, who's addicted to this service, but for me, who's never used it before, and for many other people who surprisingly have already signed up for this thing, and they've created over 10,000 entries, in a large part because we allow you to import all your old entries from Olife. So people who are used to journaling and have been journaling for many years can now take that whole history, move it over to Trail Mix, and just keep on chugging along with the emails. So on this trip, we originally showed up, thought we were going to do a little bit more closure script, but it turned into kind of just full-on, head-on working on this one project, starting from scratch, and holy smokes, was it fun. So things we learned from the second trip, the second codecation. One, be flexible on the things you work on. We totally played it by ear. We had nothing specific planned when we showed up, and that turned out to be a great idea. And two, have a regular schedule. Wake up about the same time and go to bed about the same time so you can be more productive. So that's it. That's our second codecation. It was way better than the first, and we are absolutely going to be planning a third trip. Not sure where we're going to go yet, but if you're at all interested in spending a week of time working on something that's completely unrelated to what you do every day, learning a new skill, reading a new book, fixing a bug or project that you've always wanted to do but you've never had the time to do, building a thing that you think should exist, totally grab a partner, go to some random place you've never been, and try a codecation. It is so much fun. If you have any questions about making this happen or about specifics of the trips Ben and I have taken, you can send me a voicemail if you want at healthyhacker.com voicemail or send me an email if you want. There's a link on the website. 
or just leave a comment on the show notes at healthyhacker.com slash 10. <laughs>